so uh, Yannick Nagakwe is uh, going to IR. Uh, he broke his ankle, and uh, it's uh, a season ending, so it will not be uh, back this season. Well, that's big news. That is big news, ladies and gentlemen. As reported, Yannick Nagakwe will miss the remainder of the season out with a broken ankle. J-Mac, you were on the sideline yesterday, or on Sunday, I should say, uh, and you said that you had seen uh, Yannick go back. What did, did you see what happened on the play? Did you see where the issue may have popped up? What Where did this come from? Because I feel like some Bears fans right now are blindsided by the fact that we're talking about a broken ankle, him going to IR, and the season being over for him. Yeah, it happened. I think it happened late in the game. Um, I want to say it could have been middle of the third or definitely the fourth quarter. Um, I don't know if he got rolled up on, you know, his ankle, and then obviously you see the injury. But I do recall him, you know, going into the locker room, being escorted by trainers. And, and when he was going into the locker room, he didn't have his shoes on. So I know they, you know, did the evaluation there on the sideline and brought yeah. him in. But I thought he may just be going in, you know, I think it happened more so in the fourth quarter because – the game was pretty much over, so I thought he was just going in early, you know, just to uh, – you know, he was banged up, so he wasn't going back. Then. Yeah. But obviously this wasn't expected. And, uh, you know, like Coach Flew said, uh, in the NFL, when there's injury, there's opportunity. So it's sad that, you know, a player goes down, a player who's you know, you've been counting on all season. But at the same time, it creates opportunity. You know, Demarcus Walker, uh, Dominique Robinson, who's been inactive, you know, for a majority of the season – uh, you know, other guys got to step up. You know, Justin Jones on the interior. Andrew Billings has done a good job. Javon Dexter. And those guys are going to be counted upon. Uh, you know, they won't play outside, but they're going to be counted upon to continue to be able to dent that pocket, make quarterbacks uncomfortable, yeah. you know, right up the middle. And then, like I said before, Demarcus Walker and Dominique Robinson now, opposite of Montez Sweat, but will be counted upon to pick up the slack, creating pressure on the edge uh, left by the injury to Yannick Ngakwe. Now, right, some people are going to look at this and say, okay, Yannick goes down. It's not a big deal, right? He hasn't had a huge impact on the season. But the improvement that we've seen from him over the last four weeks, maybe not getting home with the sack numbers, but the pressures that he was able to provide as well as right yeah. opposite of Montez Sweat, I think that's been a big thing as a part of why quarterbacks have had so much issue. I think Sweat has gotten home a lot more, but you see Yannick in the picture every time. That closes off that gap. When we saw Demarcus Walker in that position, he wasn't the type of player that was really doing that on a consistent basis. What do you expect to see from Demarcus Walker now stepping in with Yannick going out? I hope to see production. You know, I hope to see him getting home, you know, on the quarterback. Uh, more production, should I say. Um, especially this week, you know, when you're facing a veteran quarterback like Joe Flacco. Um, I had the opportunity to, to play with Joe Flacco my last year. And, and and now, so, you know, Joe's an older guy. So you're not getting the type of quarterback that's going to extend plays and, and, you know, get outside of the pocket and really impact the game with his legs. You're getting a smart quarterback who's seen a lot of different looks. He's seen everything. You know, he's played at a high level yeah. in this league uh, during his time over there in Baltimore. But there's really nothing you can do in terms of creating exotic looks or bringing pressure that he hasn't seen. You know what I'm saying? So he still has the ability to, to, to affect you with his arm. He's not afraid to go deep and challenge the defense. But if you look at the game in which they played last week against the Jacksonville Jaguars, he made a lot of great throws. And he's real effective, you know, in play action because he does a good job fundamentally you know, really 
hiding that football to the running backs and play action and coming out of it and finding his open target. So that's something that, you know, this defense line has to be aware of. You have a quarterback that's going to be on a mark, right? He's going to be on his mark. He's not going to really get outside the pocket. So you got to know if you can get home, you can create chaos for this off uh, for the Browns offense. Yeah, hundred percent. I mean, with Joe Flacco, right? The, Unless we got playoff Flacco, unless playoff Flacco has showed up early, he's fresh off the couch, he's ready to go. Um, Joe Flacco is a quarterback that everybody has seen, right? He's been in the league a long time. He he missed the beginning of this season because he wasn't picked up. Injuries opened things up for him. But to me, right, when I look at Flacco's game, the one thing that no matter the time that you sit there and talk about Joe Flacco, that would absolutely impact Joe Flacco, and like as it does many quarterbacks, is that pressure getting home, yeah. right? We saw the effect that that had on Jared Goff. I think even more so for Flacco, that keeps the turnover ratio going. Just having pressure around him, to me, can be a major impact for Flacco. And that's why, to me, losing Yannick is kind of a, a big deal now because the guys that we've seen sub in, sub in at that spot, we haven't seen them create that same level of pressure. Rasheem Green, uh, Demarcus Walker, we haven't seen them in the face of the defenders a ton. Maybe Justin Jones finally waking up, and that helps, but that's coming from more of an interior. Although I think he can do a little bit of both, but you know he's he's more of an interior guy. Um, I think that this is a little bit of a blow for the Bears' defense, and I I'm very interested to see how Flus is going to change things up here, right? Because when you don't have a guy who can get past his man one on one like any can. Um, I think that you have to change things a little bit. You think we see a little more blitz maybe versus the Browns than we saw last week? I think, you know, Coach Flues has done a great job the past few weeks. And like I said, bringing pressure from every level. Uh, we've seen the linebackers saw Tremaine Edmonds blitz a lot last game. Uh, you've seen Jaquan Brisker play in the box a lot last game. The Bears win a lot of single high coverage. They were in cover one, but they also played, uh, you know, a lot of cover three as well. So, that's why Jaquan Brisker had a high volume of tackles because he was in the box like a linebacker. Uh, I like that scenario, you know, in terms of trying to, I'm not going to say fill the void by Yannick, forced four total sacks this year. But, you know, I think Flus is going to do what they do and really count on the guys to step up and, and create chaos on that opposite end of Montez Sweat. And the thing about Joe Flacco is you, like I said before, he has a, he, he's seen everything, right? So you can bring pressure. When you have a veteran quarterback, when you have a veteran quarterback, yeah. they know how to beat pressure. And I think offensive coordinator Alex Van Pelt, Cleveland Browns, has done a great job of, of of devising a scheme to where he's had you know a bunch of different starting quarterbacks this year. And Joe Flacco comes in and he's having success. I mean, he threw for over three hundred yards last week and three touchdowns against Jacksonville. And the reason why he had success is because he knows there's an internal clock. Right? He's a veteran quarterback. Is an internal clock in which. He knows he's got to get rid of that ball, especially when there's pressure or a blitz coming. He knows he has to get rid of that ball, but he also knows where to go with that football. So, and he's got you know a good group of receivers around him: Mari Cooper, Elijah Moore, uh, Cedric Tillman has been playing better, and you know David and Joku is a guy who they really lean on. You know, a guy who's, who's played well for them. So, it's it, even if Yannick was in there, you still got to be careful trying to over blitz a veteran quarterback, you know, because he yeah, will yeah. make you pay for it. Now, one thing that I do got to point out and great points about Joe Flacco, but I had thought I'd seen this yesterday, but it was the Browns. So I didn't pay much attention to it. Flacco will not be playing. Actually. Well, they have put Joe Flacco 
on the practice squad after him being named the starting quarterback okay. for the rest of 2023, according to Adam Schefter. Yesterday, he said uh, mm. uh, this has been the case for the past few weeks. He signed with the Browns, but is a bit more significant now mm. that he can technically sign with any other team. However, Flacco reportedly wants to stay in Cleveland despite interest from other teams. So that is an interesting wrinkle in this. I thought I had seen that yesterday. Yes, then, yes. As you said, as we listen, as we said, Joe Flacco four times, I was like, wait a minute, is he playing? Yeah, I just, <laughs> are you sure he's not playing? We didn't diagnose all Flacco. I mean, I, the only other quarterback. We've, we've broken down all this Flacco tape, and apparently he has been placed on the practice squad. I've seen this reported uh, from Browns Wire, of course, on Yahoo Sports and Schefter throwing that out there as well. So interesting development in it. Um, we'll see. Either way, I mean, I, you look at the other quarterback uh, they've had in there, and he was in last game, but he was mostly kind of like the gadget quarterback. They put him in, and quarterback design runs was uh, – Dorian Thompson Robinson. So a guy who had a good preseason who made the roster uh, via the successful preseason that he had. Uh, you know, yeah. I think he's going to bring a little bit more athleticism. Obviously he can do more things with his legs that Joe Flacco can't. So, you know, whoever's at, whoever's under center. I mean, I, I think flu stays true to, to who they've been of who they yeah. you know, developed into this season. And, you know, the good coaches, they know it's, it's about what we do. Right. We want to always dictate tempo. We always want to be the dictators uh, and what and regardless of whatever phase it is, offense, defense, special teams, we want to we want to set the tone and be the dictators. So that's the way I see the Bears approaching this game. And I, I think, you know, when you have look at Cleveland, right, they're missing both starting tackles. Dewan Jones is out for this season. Jedrick Willett is, is on IR. Um, so, yeah, you know, you've got backups in there. We're going to have a, a, a backup, you know, defensive end. And we have going going up against a backup tackle, and and Montez Sweat should feast on whoever he's whoever he's lined up against. And you see the in the improved play of the rookies, Javon Dexter and Zach Pickens. It seems like they're getting more and more comfortable as the season's gone on, and and that's real encouraging because from a rookie, right, you go from college from playing you know a certain amount of games, you're playing more than you're playing like a season and a half in the NFL. Some rookies will hit a wall, right? They'll get tired. Like man, I didn't play the full season in college already. But it's good to see that these rookies are continuing to improve. So what does that tell you? It means they're getting comfortable, not just in terms of the uh, the speed of the game, but they're getting comfortable yeah. within the scheme of this defense. And I think, you know, Coach Flues and that defensive coaching staff have, has done a good job of keeping this defense together, right, but also continuing, like Coach Flues has been saying, right, the takeaways, that doesn't just happen on Sunday, right? That happens on Sunday because of the way they practice. So, you know, obviously that's a high emphasis in practice and that's translating into the game. So it's encouraging to see, uh, you know, the amount of takeaways we've had the last few weeks has been crazy. And I think we'll get some of those this week, regardless who's on the center for the Browns. Yeah, well, I, I'm looking around. I'm seeing all kind of reports now. I don't know what's the, what the final one is, but that was the last thing that I had seen yesterday on Flacco. So we'll see what it ends up being. Yeah, that makes sense. No matter what, though, right? When when you look at this defense uh, uh, as a whole, right? You talked about the young guys stepping up. To me now, I'm really focusing in on this DB room with the pressure that has been created. Can we maintain the level of play losing Yannick? Can we keep that pressure on these quarterbacks to where you're talking about? being in position for interceptions. We've heard Flus talk about that a couple of times, right? The takeaways don't happen if you're in the wrong position for them. We've seen these guys do a masterful job, DBs, linebackers, all of that, being in position 
four takeaways. And you know you're in position for a bunch of takeaways when you can talk about the almost takeaways. Yeah. As man, we would have had six or seven or eight if we can just get our hand on the ball. Now we're seeing this team, to me, do a masterful job, especially Jalen Johnson, who I want to talk about him as well, right? Because I think uh, we, we got to have the conversation on, is there some is there some major money coming this way? Because he's he's talking about possibly resetting the market now. Um, but as, a, as, as you've seen this DB room grow over the last few weeks, right? What do they need to do to stay locked in, even if that same level of pressure isn't there? I'm say do what they've been doing, stay true to themselves, but continue to, you know, take things to another level, continue to play with energy and passion. You see the way Jaquan Brisker played, like he brings, like I said, he brings that physicality, he brings that energy. Um, and when you look at this defense, right, we're talking about the secondary, it's a matter of, you know, it's, it's coaches and players, and I'm giving credit to both. The coaches yeah. have done a good job, right, of – making sure that this secondary understands, you know, what they're seeing based upon the formation and what, what route concepts they're going to see. And the players have done a good job of being able to, you know, they've done a good job of studying that, but being able to diagnose that on Sunday, you know, look at the pick that Jalen Johnson uh, had on Sunday against um, Detroit. You know, uh, I think it was Sam LaPorta ran a corner route and Jalen just sank. He just sank under that and he undercut that yeah. corner and picked it off. And that's all film study, right? It's film study showing you tendencies based on formations and based on, you know, the formation, what route concepts they like to run out of those formations. But then you have to be able to take what you studied on film, right, and be able to go out there and be able to diagnose that, like Coach Flew talks about, being able to read keys and diagnose. So the secondary is able to read keys formationally. They're, they're able to diagnose the route concepts, and then they're able to go out there and get a takeaway. If you're just joining us, the breaking news right now, Yannick Nagakwe is out for the rest of the season with a broken ankle. We also want to let you guys know this episode is brought to you by the Hard Rock Casino in Northern Indiana. You can enjoy free live music every Friday and Saturday night at Hard Rock Cafe Stage. So check them out as well. Um, I guess here's a couple of questions now. Of course, the game coming up in Cleveland is going to be a big game, but now you have to have some long-term projections with a guy like Yannick Ngakwe and how he kind of played. Yeah, I mean, like, let's let's be real. He didn't have the production that we thought he was going to have coming here. He was on a one-year deal. Where are you at with Yannick coming back next season? Do you want to see him back in a Chicago Bears uniform, or do you feel like I, how Flu said it in that press conference Kind of felt final, didn't it? Like he he yeah. was just like, we want to thank him for everything yeah. he's done for the organization. And it's it was like, dang, he's done. We he'll traded remain, him. Like he'll, he'll remain around. He will he'll remain around the locker room and on the sidelines this year. And uh, <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I like Yannick. I, I really do. Um, you know, I, I think he's, you know, he's he's he's, he's traveled a lot and he's been on a lot of one year deals. So hey, dude's getting paid for for one year. Um, you know, he's a one year rental player. I. Honestly, I don't envision him coming back because he has that high price tag that he carries. So I envision with all the draft capital we have, them bringing in somebody else. Uh, but, you know, selfishly, I would love to see him back. But I don't think that number in terms of uh, a price-wise is going to – I don't think the Bears are going to want to pay that. Yeah. It, and that's that's the interesting part. Maybe the price goes down now coming off an of injury, right? Yeah. Um, he didn't have – here's the one thing, right? He didn't have a great market last year. That's why the Bears were able to get him. There weren't a lot of people that were saying, 
we feel that you're a premier guy, that you're a number one guy. I be, I do believe he was the best guy yeah. on the market, but there weren't a lot of teams that were sitting here beating down the door to get to Yannick. Um, and so for me, because of that, maybe the price tag goes down, but I think you would have to assume you're going to try and attack the defensive end position in the draft, maybe a little bit, or just develop one of these younger guys that you already have in there. Him being there to me, yes, it helps, but it also hinders a little bit because that's less time that guys are seeing on the field. Because if you've got Yannick in the in the lineup, you're putting him out there. Yeah. Um, and I think what we've seen from him in the run block in the in the run stopping game and different things like that, you're probably leaning towards him not being a Chicago Bear next year, which to me does suck because I think now you give him that you have Yannick with Montez Sweat, who I mean, we see the pressure that those two have been able to create. I do think that that is a recipe for a defensive line having success. Yeah, and I think this is difference too, right? And the reason why, you know, we're talking about Yannick, right? So the reason why he didn't command a lot of attention this offseason is he's he's pretty much a situational pass rusher. You know what I'm saying? You can yeah. bring him in on third down, obvious passing downs, and hope he gets home because, you know, he does bring, you know, variety. He does, you know, he is, he can do a lot of things in terms of rushing the passer, right? He can beat you with speed. He can beat you with the bull rush that we saw last week. Um, but at the same time, when you have a guy on the opposite side like Montez Sweat, who's done a great job of playing the run, who creates pressure, who can play, you know, every down on defense, that's kind of what you're looking for to be on the opposite side of Montez Sweat. And, hell, if you can draft a guy that can do that, that can be on the field every down and not just bring him in situationally as a third-down yeah. pass rusher, and you're not going to have to pay him as much, he's going to be on a rookie deal, well, then you go that route. Or you look at free agency and say, who can we get that, that that's not going to have the same type of price tag that Yannick Ngakwe will have, but will give us more production in terms of being on the field every down and being uh, you know, a better run defender. Yeah, it's, it's going to be interesting to see what the Bears do at that position, man. Um, it's always funny, right? Like whenever, whenever we come into this, I always have like this list of topics. And then every now and then, Flus is just like, you're not going to talk about none of that. Let me hit y'all with this uh, this breaking news right here. So, um, so it's whole. He's confident. Like you know, I, I like the question our guy. You know, our guy Herb asked him was like, "Hey, you see, you know, some of the light at the tunnel. Like everybody was all on Flus. I right, get him out of here. Do this and that and this and and what did Flus do every week? He gave us that coach speak. He came in. He clocked in. Wore his hard hat. Went to work. Yeah. And I mean, hey, we're all like, man, like Flukes is calling defense now. Can he do that? And, you know, be a head coach. That defense is humming, man. He's just been resilient. So we, we got to give that man credit. It, it, as much adversity and criticism that he has had here in Chicago, he's got yeah. the Bears knocking on the door of possibly, possibly, I don't know, it's a long way away, but possibly, you know, sneaking their way in, into the playoffs. Possibly. I don't know. Or at least being at least being competitive for it, right? And at a minimum, if you're for this season, if you are competitive, if you're able to play spoilers to some team at the end of the year, um, then that's that's fine, right? You got uh, the the Atlanta Falcons on your schedule as well. They're trying to be in a playoff spot here. I believe they still hold a playoff spot right now, right? Can you maybe knock them out of their off of their uh, high horse right now? High horse. I think they're seven and six or six and seven, something like that. They, they, but the NFL product is wild. I don't care what nobody says. Like it is not, it's not good. Like yeah. it, it's fun to watch. I'm gonna watch every game, but bro, the mediocrity, like where everybody's just five and eight 
six and seven. Like, nah, I don't, I don't want that. I want domination. Nah, that's parody, man. You want, like, as a fan, like, you – I mean, I get it. Your team, you want domination, right? Like, that's, that's expected. We want to dominate. But it just shows you that the parody is so spread out. Like, there's not just one loaded team. You, every week is different, right? Every, everybody – See, nah, because, like, if it's parody, right, like, the parody that I want, right, is remember, remember old school boxing, bro, where two dudes genuinely hated each other? And they would just come to the middle of the ring and just punch each other in the face repeatedly. Mm-hmm. That's the parody I want. This is more like, right, I got uh, uh, two two defensive boxers both sitting here dodging the whole time. And then somebody kicks a field goal to put you up three to nothing. Like, no, nah, that's not the parody I'm looking for in my NFL, dog. <laughs> yeah, but see, you're talking about, like, I'm talking about the parody. When you look at the rosters, right, there, there's, yeah. I mean, yeah. There's more talent. Yeah, it's the talent spread out. You know what I mean? Like I, yeah. I can't just, you know, in baseball, I can't just go out there and buy a pennant. You know what I mean? Like, the, and we've seen it in the NFL. If you try to go out there and buy a team, it may not work because the chemistry has to be there. You got to have role players. You got to have blue collar guys that's gonna, you know, go out there and, and do the dirty work, different egos yeah. and stuff like that. So. It's you really have to build a team, right? You really have to have guys 100%. that you can count on, whether you're the number one guy on that roster or whether you're the last guy on that roster, the 53rd man. Everybody's going to be called on to, to contribute, even the guys on the practice squad. So you see these teams shuffling the practice squads. They're taking this guy off this practice squad. Next, you know, he's active. Like, you, somebody, you're going to have to count on guys who may be on the bottom end of your roster that's going to have to contribute. Yeah, 100%. That that is true. And I think that I'll say this, I think that rosters go much deeper than they used to, right? Like as much as it's a 53-man team, if you got to the 53rd guy back in the day, you kind of knew we might be in a little bit of trouble here, boys. We got our we got our last string DB on the roster, but I think now, right, you're seeing a lot more of the guys who are the unsung heroes, the fifth, the sixth, the seventh round picks coming out of nowhere. And you're like, wait a minute, this dude actually can play a little bit. Yeah, I'm going to tell you. So Cleveland, right? So Denzel Ward was out last week. And let me find his name to make sure I say it right. They call him MJ Martin, Martin Emerson, Martin Emerson Jr., right? So Denzel Ward's out. Martin Emerson Jr. is the guy who gets an opportunity to go in there and start. uh, Tall, lengthy corner, right? 6'2 kid goes out there and has two picks. You know, that injury creates opportunity, like we talked about when we started the show, right? Yeah. There's guys on every NFL roster who are just as good as a starter, if not better, right? But here's the thing. Money talks, right? Money talks. So if I'm paying this corner X amount of dollars per year and I've got a backup who has potential, we feel like he may be just as good, He's not. he may, yeah. not, he may not get the opportunity because – Hey, we paid that guy for this year. He's going to play. But if that guy goes down, injury happens, that next guy steps in, and now he has opportunity to showcase his talent. Mark, uh, Martin Emerson Jr., he did that last week. Two picks. Yeah. Had some PBUs. I mean, that was – he had a good game. You know, I don't know what Denzel Ward's status is. Um, I've got to check the injuries and stuff like that. I don't know if he'll be back. But there's the Cleveland Browns secondary. They got some guys, man. You've got Greg Newsom Jr., who's a, a – you know, ISSA high school kid, you know, from this state, uh, getting an opportunity over yeah. there in Cleveland. Uh, Grant Delpit is strong safety. Um, Cleveland, they do a lot. They bring a lot of pressure from every level. They got a solid defensive line. They got active linebackers. Um, a guy who I, a name I had to to really learn how to pronounce, Pat, and 
Owusu Koromora is their their linebacker. I still ain't made it. I have no Owusu idea. Koromora. I still haven't made it, bro. Owusu Koromora, <laughs> active linebacker uh, that can run and hit. That they bring they bring pressure from that second level, and then you know from the third level, like I said, Grant Delpit. You know he's in. They'll bring him down in the box and and blitz him. And and the thing that they try to do yeah. is they're always going to try to bring one more than you can block. And I, I'll give you a name that right like. If injury doesn't happen, we probably don't even talk about seeing him. Mm-hmm. Deron Bland. And now he's the pick six king out here. <laughs> this man, yeah. this, I mean, like, he's a name that we don't even talk about seeing this season. He was the, what was he, the 167th pick overall? Like, mm-hmm. that's a dude that you're like, all right, maybe he develops, maybe he doesn't. We'll see what we can get. But because of injury, he finds his way in the lineup. Boom. Now he's out there able to dominate. So, to your point, 100%, that I do think that the rosters do go deeper. I think that there's a lot more, uh, especially when you look at this Browns team, a Browns team that is, I mean, when you look, you just named it all, right? Like, when you look at the injuries they're going through, the fact that they are, what are they now, eight and five? Mm-hmm. You know I mean, like, my God, what a talent. What, what a job of coaching that we've seen done there. And what a great job of these players going out there and actually being able to make some of these plays. Hey, hit that like button. Subscribe to the page, man. We appreciate you guys for tuning in and showing love. The breaking news on today's episode is that Yannick Nagakwe is out for the rest of this season with a fractured ankle. He did that late in the fourth quarter uh, of that Bears game versus the Detroit Lions. So that's, that's, a, that's a tough loss for the Chicago Bears, but you got to keep pushing ahead. Let's touch on this on this defense as well, because I feel like the defense is a great conversation right now with the loss of Yannick. Um, I've said his name like 17 different times, and I realize I'm doing it. I know in the comments they're killing me for it. That's fine. I ain't, I ain't even looking at the comments, but I know it. Um, with Jalen Johnson now, we heard yesterday, or two days ago, I believe, um, you know, that before, earlier in the season, he wasn't talking about resetting the DB market. He knew he didn't have the numbers to reset the DB market. He said he just wanted somebody to play ball with him. I think, he, you know, we saw him go out there. I think we saw him get humbled a little bit when the, the whole NFL kind of went, there's no way you're talking to me about this level of numbers right now. Since then, you've added pressure. You bring in Montez Sweat. Uh, you've seen his takeaway numbers excel to a point where we're talking about, what, four in – you know, five weeks pretty much. And now as we keep the rest of this season going, if he's able to keep adding to those numbers, he says he's changed his mind on resetting the DB market and believes that he does have somewhere in those numbers to be talking about resetting that market right now, top of the market, $21 million per year to Jair Alexander, who's been banged up uh, for most of this season. Do you agree that Jalen Johnson should reset the DB market moving forward should the Chicago Bears look to make him the highest-paid DB in the NFL? Well, I think you definitely got to bring him back. Is he the best DB in the NFL? What I think, you know, I, I, don't, I can't say yes. I'd have to go back and, and look at everybody's stats and the way they played. And interceptions don't tell the tale. You know what I mean? It's pass breakups. You know, I look at the overall play of these cornerbacks. Is he tackling? You know, is yeah. he getting PBUs, and then is he getting the takeaways? You know what I mean? Is he a guy that's following the number one receiver, number one receiver around the field, or is he just playing one side of the field? Can he play man? Can he play zone, or is he just playing man? Like a lot of different things factor into that, right? So I don't know. I think he's he he's put himself in a good position because a few weeks ago, when they let him explore opportunities, nobody wanted. You know what I mean? And 
And now I'm yeah. pretty sure, like, you know, he gets to that at the end of the season, there's going to be teams calling for his services. So, you know, it's like that old school song. Back then, they ain't want me. Now I'm I knew it was going to be. Hey, I just wanted to make sure you was going with the edited version for ESPN. I didn't know. You see, I had to edit it? You see, I had to edit it? Yeah, yeah. I, I wanted to make sure you was going with the edited version. I was like, oh, wait. See, we well, Jalen said, before the ice was in my grill, before I got my major, yeah, these dude. girls ain't giving it. Yeah, yeah, you can't say the yeah. bad part. You can say, you can say the bad part, look. They're all along. Yeah, yeah, you're right. <laughs> <laughs> no, I, I think here's the thing about Jalen Johnson for me, right? My number one thing for him was always the same, and it was the one thing that we didn't see. He does everything else great. Mm-hmm. He's top in the NFL in pass breakup numbers. He's top in the NFL in coverage percentage. He's top in the NFL in almost every DB stat that you wanted to see, but there was no takeaways. And I stand on this, and the reason I'm changing my tune on Jalen Johnson is because, right, like we're seeing the the takeaways finally. You don't pay De- – Deion Sanders ain't Deion Sanders without a pick six where he's high-stepping to the house. He's not Deion Sanders if you're not shutting down an entire side of the field. He's not Deion Sanders if you're not making the best DBs or the best wide receivers' lives in the NFL a living hell. He's not. And so for me, seeing Jalen and how he's getting these takeaways, baiting quarterbacks who are, right, Jared Goff is not a bad quarterback. He's, he's, he's a quarterback that has really turned himself into somebody who could have been in the MVP conversation, probably not because of the last few weeks, right, but could have been in that MVP conversation this year, he's baiting those guys into making bad decisions. To me, that is the conversation on, okay, now you finally get in the pick numbers. We see that it's a direct correlation of pressure. We've, we're adding pressure. We're going to go out and get a three technique. We're probably going to go get a nose as well next year. If the pressure's there, you can maintain being this level of player. I'm willing to pay you this money. I think the question is, do you franchise him first and see if he can replicate it? Or do you just go all in right now and say, let's sit down at the table and get this done? We know, right, like players usually get a little irked by the franchise tag, except well, Kirk Cousins. Kirk said, I'm riding with him. Well, there was a, uh, I forget, he was on a show, Jalen Johnson, this week, and they asked him about the franchise tag. And he's, his, his response was, money's still good. <laughs> so... I mean, hey, I mean, money's he, money, baby. Yeah, I mean, I, they, they, I think you have to do what you can, right? And, and you know, that's one of the premium positions on rosters, right? Quarterbacks, DBs, and edge rushers and pass rushers. You know what I'm saying? So yeah. you've got to find a way, uh, you know, to, to bring him back because he has – I think he, he has earned, obviously, a new contract. Um, and, you know, you have – the guy, look at the guys behind him. you got Terrell Smith. You know, Tyreek Stevenson, two young guys you brought in. I mean, I think you need him back because he's also been a good mentor for the young guys. Tyreek Stevenson said yeah. a lot of his development, you know, is due to the credit of Jalen Johnson. He said that's the first guy he goes to and talks to about the game is Jalen Johnson. So you got to have that type of guy in your locker room, especially a guy in your locker room that's making plays at the same time. Yeah, 100%. And I think, right, the the part that's tough for me is when you see, right, what that total number probably ends up being like you paying Jalen Johnson 132 over six, right? He's 24 years old. He's a young DB. He's a pillar of your defense. You want to keep him around probably till about that long. Mm-hmm. You, 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 you paying him 132 over six? 
That's a lot of money. That's a lot of money to that DB room. Yeah, man. I'm I'm former player. I'm for the players, man. I want them to get paid. Oh, I know that. <laughs> hey, you gonna pay. Get that money. You know what I'm saying? Hey, 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 get your money, right? You, oh, I'm hopeful. Yes, I am. <laughs> when you, when you're out there and you, you know, you're out there grinding in practice and you're grinding and you know what I mean? That that second contract is everything. You know, it's your livelihood. So I I mean, if it makes sense, obviously that's what the Bears will do. You know, dollars and cents. That's what it's about. If it makes sense, the dollars yeah. will be there. If it doesn't make sense, they're not going to give him the amount of dollars he's asking for. And one thirty-two over six would be about twenty-two million dollars a year. That puts him just over, right? I don't know if he wants to blow the DB market away, but that that puts him just over, you know, a twenty-two million dollar a year average. It'll be very interesting to see kind of what what that ends up being there. Um, at the end of the day, this Bears team is. Uh, Bears team is in an interesting position going into Cleveland, and we'll see what that ends up being. I mean, the, I, I don't know what's going to happen now, right, with this Cleveland team because I look at that defense and I'm like, that's yeah, that's the best defense in the NFL by far. Uh, they got some dogs up there, and I saw how this offensive line played versus the Detroit Lions, and it was basically just Aiden Hutchinson going through and picking out which one's the weakest. Yeah. Now I'm going to attack you. <laughs> yeah, I mean, like that, that part, when you see a guy that can do that, and then you know you got Miles Garrett the next week. That scares me a little bit. I'm not gonna lie to you. <laughs> yeah, and it's, it's all about the game plan. You know, I mean, last time the Bears went up there, we saw what happened. The scene of the crime in which we didn't protect Justin. Justin got massacred up there. Uh, but at the same time, you know, offensively, you cannot be stubborn and say, "Okay, we're gonna leave Braxton Jones one on one with Miles Garrett." You have to have Cole in there to chip. You've got to have a running back to chip or help out. Where you got to slide oh the protection God. to Miles Garrett, right? And yeah. really count on, like, we're not going to let Miles Garrett beat us, right? We're not going to leave him one on one, and we're not going to let him beat us. If we're going to get beat, it's going to be by somebody else along that defensive line. Like, I just want to make sure they're not stubborn. And you know, how do you how do you also, uh, you know, make sure that Miles Garrett doesn't get going? Move the pocket, move the pocket, move the pocket, move the pocket, change the snap count. Run right at him. You know what I'm saying? Different things like that. Like, that's what I want to see. Do not have Justin sit back there, post it up, five-step drop, seven-step drop, you know, routes, deeper routes downfield, giving giving opportunity for, for, for uh, you know, for Miles Garrett to get going. Fam, you know that's what we're heading towards, right? You know, you that's that's the bare way, baby. Uh, the thing that makes the most amount of sense, we're not doing that. We're going to have this man do a 15-step drop. He, we playing Madden out here. Yeah, I just worry, you know, because the game plan offensively has been, it's been, you know, every week it's been completely different. It's been yin and yang. It's been one thing this week, you know, completely opposite the next week. So, you know, I just, I hope they, hope they, you know, learned, uh, you know, from the bad performances in terms of what the game plan was for Justin. You know, find ways yeah. to keep playing to his strengths because when you play to his strengths, we we'll see what he can do. You know, and, you know and, and you can't be afraid. It can't be no ego involved when you when you say, all right, you know what? Forget that. I'm going to trust my guy Braxton on Miles Garrett. Like, I'm going to say, look here, I'm the coordinator. Look here, Braxton. No disrespect. You know, I think you're going to be a good tackle in this league. Obviously, that's why we have you here at left tackle. But we're going to keep Cole on this side to at least give you yeah. at least give, give you some presence on the outside. Or we're going to, you know, make sure that Dante Foreman or Sean Johnson or Khalil Herbert shipping on the way out. 
Hey, Cole, Roshan, um, you know, J-Mac, if you can get in there as well, let's let's just do – if we can do 13 men on the field, that'd be great yeah, yeah. because that's the kind of season that Miles Garrett is having right now. Hopefully, Justin able to evade that pressure, able to keep things going. Uh, before we get up out of here, I do want to say this as well. Big rest in peace to Andre Brower, dog. Lost him yesterday. Yeah. Um, amazing on Brooklyn Nine-Nine. Um, uh, one of the great voice actors in um, animated cartoon history. I mean, like that was a tough loss yesterday. I, I, I was, uh, I loved him as Raymond Holt in, in Nine Nine, and I loved him as Dark Side uh, going up against Batman. And in, in uh, I forget which one that was. That was a good movie too. I got to go rewatch that. What was the name of that one? Either way, man, that was a tough loss yesterday. Uh, what was your, did you did you have a favorite favorite character that he played in in history, brother? No, I just you know it was just another great actor, um, you know that that we've lost. So prayers and condolences to his family. And uh, facts, yeah, it's tough, man. You know it, it, it's tough, but uh, sixty one years old, man. Yeah. So big RIP to that. What you got planned for the rest of the day, J Mac? I heard your day opened up for you a little bit, man. Well, <laughs> now we got coaches, another coach coming in, and uh, you know we got a uh, baseline testing. Um, in terms of the weight rooms, the guys are maxing on bench and squad and stuff like that, getting their numbers down. Uh, this is to start our offseason plan. So we like to chart everything to see where they start. We'll test again in the middle, and then we'll test again at the end. But, uh, yeah, man, you know, had a had a, had a coach cancel on me. Well, not even cancel. Didn't even say anything. He was supposed to come visit. Oh, no, they doing you dirty like that, bro? And, and out of respect for the head coach, uh, I'm not going to say the school or the name. Uh, it wasn't the head coach, but out of respect for the head coach, uh, yeah, yeah. His his coach, who was supposed to be doing a uh, you know school visit, uh, didn't show up. So pretty upset about that. You know what I mean? I think hey, if you're if you're if you're if you're a school right, and you're looking to bring in players to help you take the next step, right, to help you reach another level. Like if you're a coach, you, you first of all you can't show up late because you're a representation of your head coach, you're a representation of your school, but at the same time. The showing up late part is one thing, but to not even show up or to say that, hey, I'm late or I'm not going to be there, that's another thing. So for me, it, it's, you know what I mean? Sometimes you got to, I'm done with it. So, hey, I don't I don't plan on seeing no players from my program being there. Hey, in, man. In the hey. <laughs> J-Mac, J-Mac that declared war on the whole school. Because I'm going to do like they did me. When they, when they email me, hey, you got a guy that ain't, <laughs> nope, they ain't going to get no response. Crickets. Oh man, I love it. I love it. Shout out to uh Notes Notes Sandgren in the Twitch chat. Uh said Justice League War. Uh absolutely. Uh that was a great movie. I love that. Uh and Andre Brower was was excellent as Dark Side in that movie. Um Hit that like button, subscribe to the page, leave that five-star review. You guys know what to do. Uh, make sure you're tuned in to ESPN Chicago Monday through Friday. And, of course, the Chicago Bears podcast Monday through Friday. Tomorrow, back at it again with Courtney Cronin and another special guest with our Eye on the Enemy episode. Peace. See you guys later. Y'all have fun, man. Peace. Peace. Bear down. <laughs>